I am resurrection and I am life, says the Lord. Whoever has faith in me shall have life, even though he die. And everyone who has life and has committed himself to me in faith shall not die forever. As for me, I know that my Redeemer lives and that at the last he will stand upon the earth. After my awaking, he will raise me up. And in my body, I shall see God. I myself shall see. and My eyes behold him who is my friend and not a stranger. For none of us has life in himself. And none becomes his own master when he dies. For if we have life, we are alive in the Lord. And if we die, we die in the Lord. So then, whether we live or die, We are the Lord's possession. Happy from now on are those who die in the Lord. So it is, says the Spirit, for they rest from their labors.
with you. Let us pray. O God, who by the glorious resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light, grant that your servant Dan, being raised with him, may know the strength of his presence and rejoice in his eternal glory, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit, They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, to display his glory. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Hello, I'm Dan's friend, Ev, or Evelyn, whatever. Um, And I'm going to talk about him when I knew him when we met when I, he was 30 years old. I am honoring Dan's memory in my tribute today as a friend to many and a family member. Carl Jung said, the meeting of two personalities is like the contact of two chemical substances. If there is any reaction, both are transformed. I know Dan helped to transform and refine all of us in our growth and our friendships. In all of his relationships with family and friends, Dan shaped himself and those around him with all of his attributes. His brother Matthew and nieces Natasha and Isabel survived Dan. He loved them very much and grew from their warmth and presence in his life. Whenever he had a chance to connect either on the phone or in person, I watched him come truly alive, animated, loving, and guiding in their lives and the love and unity they shared as a family. We also saw this with his brother, Jack, who passed away in January of 2018. Dan's friends will also miss his presence in their daily lives. He was talented, intelligent, funny, animated, an avid reader, and he loved the Lord. I have seen through my own life how God has designed all of my friendships to fill the gaps, to encourage and to help me grow in all areas of my life. Dan was one of those friends for 34 years. I met him in Turlock, California in 1984. I was 30 years old, and we met through a mutual friend in the music department at CSU Stanislaus in Turlock. He had come to fill an interim position as the director of the choral program and professor of music. During this time, he was also finishing some of his doctoral work from the University of Colorado. I was in the alumni community chorale, and having finished my master's degree, I was going to leave during the break between the conductors. Dan's passion for music, singing, and performance enticed me to stay with the group for an additional two years. 
During this time, I had the opportunity to sing with an excellent group of musicians, and I engaged in Dan's enthusiasm and his love for music. His insight into the classical pieces we performed in concerts with the Modesto Symphony were an inspiration. I continued to watch that passion in all of his concerts throughout his career. The beauty he showed the audience also spoke volumes to his dedication to his art. Although I stopped singing with Dan due to my work schedule commitments, it was wonderful to see him interact with so many of his friends on the task before them in a performance. The voice and using it properly in all aspects of life was his focus with all his friends. When I needed surgery several years ago, he insisted on coming with me as I did my pre-op appointments because he needed to meet the doctors and let them know my voice was important. As everyone knows, Dan loved excellent restaurants and Taco Bell. And given the opportunity, he cooked with and for his friends, always giving his insight and opinions. He loved to talk cooking with anyone that cooked, and although I almost hit him with a spoon when he decided I needed to change what I was doing with the meal I was preparing, I still enjoyed his help. I, along with so many of his friends, enjoyed his company and friendship in many venues. Season tickets to the San Francisco Opera, symphonies, musicals, I dragged him to Phantom of the Opera whenever I could during his San Francisco stay. And he humored me every time. We saw dozens of plays, concerts, and a memorable visit with many friends to an Irish bar in the city that to this day I don't know how it happened or who knew the singer, but we all danced and sang the night away. Oh, Danny Boy was, one of, was a favorite of Dan's and his dad. I remember his compassion when I lost my parents, several friends, and the loss of one of my dear students. He was at the ready to reach out and just listen to me. And I know for so many of his friends, he was their strength too when they lost those they loved and were struggling with trials in their lives. When we first met, we were connected daily by evening talks on the phone. And I have to say, during a few of those conversations, he would fall asleep and I could hear him snoring. (laughs) It was always fun to wake him up over the phone. We lived in the same apartment complex and when I was home late, he always checked to make sure I was home safe and sound. As many of his friends know, the boy loved to shop. There was always an errand to run and hair and face products to buy. The running joke we had when we were shopping would be me teasingly asking him if he needed more products. Of course, he didn't really need more products, but went ahead, talked to the salesperson, and they talked him into buying another good product. I would be remiss to not talk about his fascination with QVC, Jim Shore decor, Solar lights for the backyard garden. Jack once commented, when a new shipment of goods arrived, that they were one of the main importers for China. (laughs) Another strong memory I have is his focus on gadgets, especially flashlights. That year he gave many of us, we received some pretty cool flashlights from him. One I remember and still have, it looks like a pencil, and it can extend out and has a tip with a magnet. It can pick up nails and screws. Although I don't pick up a lot of nails and screws, I use it for when I drop my my cross-stitch needles. With our head flashlights one night, after dinner, we wandered through the seminary grounds and buildings. In particular, the house he later moved into happened to be open, so we went in. It's a miracle we weren't arrested by the San Anselmo police. And lastly, who can't remember the watches he had in his collection and the joy they gave him? 
Dan was a passionate nature photographer and usually had his camera ready for the birds that flew into his yard or the beautiful scenery in Yosemite. Yosemite was one of his favorite trips, which we did every spring and fall. I am still clearing out the dozens of pictures we took over the years. It was a place we both recentered with God in the beauty of the mountains, singing hymns, Loggins and Messina songs, and listening to German operas on the trip into our relaxing place of retreat. I know he also had many memories spending a lot of time with other friends at their homes and enjoying nature in Tahoe and Lake Almodar, enjoying family time with people he loved. Samuel Coolridge said, friendship is a sheltering tree. Dan's friendship was our sheltering tree, and all of his friends, his sheltering tree. In his tree, he had many friends he could always count on and enjoyed being with in his life. In all of our relationships with Dan, as family, extended family and friends, we learned the value of friendship, the fulfillment in knowing we had a great friend, the endurance of friendship, the sharing in friendship, and the pain in friendship with our dear Dan. Toward the end of Dan's days, I thought of a quote I had read when I was cleaning up his Petaluma home. To be seen in all our glory for better or worse, the good and the bad, friendship is a challenge with many seasons, vulnerabilities, trust, balance, grace, and time. Dan loved his family and friends. He loved the Lord, and even in his struggles, he always knew how much he loved Jesus. He would often say to me how he looked forward to spending eternity in glory. He is at rest, healed, and whole in eternity. He will always live in our hearts through our many memories and life lessons with others. I know he rests now and will see us when it is our time to go home to glory. I personally take joy in the love, support, and endurance of a lifelong friendship with my dear Dan. As a Hebrew proverb says, Say not in grief he is no more, but live in thankfulness that he was. Dan will dance and sing in our private, private hallowed halls of loving memories and we will always be thankful that he was with us. We will say together Psalm 139, found in your bulletin. <clears throat> where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in shield, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall be, and your right hand shall hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light around me become light, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light to you.
A reading from the letter of Paul to the Romans. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If, in fact, we suffer with him so that we may be glorified with him. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. Who is to condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Ev and I have each been invited today to bring a eulogy or a good word. And there are so many good words to say about Dan Hoggett. Beloved friend, brother, uncle, professor, choral director, musician. But I've been asked to reflect particularly on Dan's time at San Francisco Theological Seminary. Dan was my partner in ministry there, but before that, he was my teacher, and he always will be. Dan served at SFTS as the professor of church music, but he taught not only church music, more broadly, he taught worship and the words of worship, both in the classroom and in our daily chapel services, as he collaboratively designed worship with a student worship team, teaching us as we did the work. And for those of us who sang with Dan, we know that we perhaps learned most from him as he conducted seminary singers, what one might call more of a boot camp learning experience. An experience of intense learning that culminated each year in the beauty and holiness of the Lessons and Carols Advent service. This week I asked some friends who were also Dan's students what they thought needed to be said today. In, in retrospect, it's almost like we did a group project for our professor. And their answers knocked me off my feet. One said, Dan Hoggett is the reason I am a pastor. Another, Dan was a minister to ministers. And another, Dan is the standard by which I measure every musician I work with, which is so unfair (laughs) because it sets the standard so very high. 
One thing stood out in those conversations. Uh, it was a little curious to me. We all remembered that Dan, our professor of music, impressed on us again and again that words matter. You see, Dan was not only a professor of melodies and harmonies, but also of words, of sacred text. Dan taught us that when we sing love divine, all love's excelling, when we sing about thy great salvation, we need to make clear that it is indeed great. And if we can, to emphasize that with a rolled Scottish R, great, or something like that. He's the only reason I know how to pronounce Welsh tunes like Kumranda and Hifridal. Many here will remember how Dan taught us to sing phrases in Chill of the Night, which we'll sing in just a bit, to sing them so that the words convey their particular meaning. Splendor of starlight really needs to have space for splendor. Dan reminded seminary students that a pastor has responsibility for choosing the words for worship carefully. And so if we're asking folks to sing, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, Dan told us, we better be sure we know what an Ebenezer is. Dan wanted us to understand that we have the sacred task of inviting people to sing and say the words of worship, and that those words have the power to shape how we see ourselves and how we understand and experience God's love for us. Dan was not only a teacher, but a pastor to his students and to his colleagues. He tended not only to the syllabus, but cared for each student as a whole person, always with an ear to listen and a shoulder to lean on. Both Dan Hoggett and his brother Jack Hoggett found vital ways to live out their ministry, as called and as ordained as any I have known at a time when church policies unjustly discouraged people like us from serving in the fullness of who we are. Dan and Jack ministered anyway, faithfully, in the fullness of their gifts and their whole being. Jack in the MCC church and Dan as a musician and a teacher. Dan brought this experience of the church, the church he loved, to his teaching, always with an eye and a heart for students who somehow fanned themselves, ourselves, on the margins. A heart for LGBTQ plus students uncertain if we would be ordained, for women serving within patriarchal church structures, for African American students whose worship traditions and music were too often overlooked or worse, appropriated by the dominant culture. For Korean students and other international students, he worked and found space to sing the songs in their language as they sang them in a strange land. Dan always sought to find ways in that chapel worship, that, that our chapel worship could embrace the cultures of each and every student on campus. And he meaningly gave them, gave us, an opportunity to worship and to serve. Dan Got it. And Dan also taught us about Jesus. I can't, can't sit down today without mentioning Dan's deep and beautiful faith in Jesus Christ. In any conversation, Dan was the first to bring up Jesus by name 
whom Dan would confess was a constant companion in his daily life. About a year ago, early January 2018, a few of us realized we hadn't heard from Dan in a while. Michelle Walker reached out to Judy and Ev and me, and we learned that Dan was in a coma and that Jack had passed away. I was the closest, so I got in the car and headed to the hospital in Petaluma, expecting the worst. I walked into the hospital room, and Dan was chatting away on the telephone. He said, oh, I've got to go. Look what the cat dragged in. <laughs> As I dissolved into tears. We talked, and we cried a bit. And then at one point, Dan said, you were coming here today to say goodbye, weren't you? I nodded. And then Dan said, there are so many times in my life when by all account, I should have died. I know that it doesn't make any sense that I'm still here. Scott, every day, every day that I wake up, I know that it is a gift from God and it, and it feels like for some reason I've been given this glimpse again and again of resurrection. Dan taught me so much. The good word today is the life that Dan Hoggett lived among us. Because Dan Hoggett has lived among us, there are more people in the world who have found our voice. Because Dan Hoggett has lived among us, there are more people who look on the world with a broader horizon of compassion. Because Dan Hoggett has lived among us, there are more people in the world who sing and live with an ear for others to blend and to harmonize with the voice of a neighbor and to listen for and to lift up voices long silenced. The good word today is indeed the life that Dan Hoggett lived among us. May it continue to sound in us as we continue to sing together with Dan and with each other and with all creation in manifold witness to God's great faithfulness, mercy, and love.
Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. The Gospel of the Lord. Like so many, I first got to know Dan through his music. When I was a candidate for rector here at Church of Our Savior nearly 13 years ago, the vestry invited me to sit in on a Sunday morning service. One vestry member had already asked me, well, asked is too soft a word, more like exhorted, that old-fashioned word, cajoled even, that if I were called, would I consider keeping Dan on as choir director and organist? The choir, of course, sang beautifully under his direction, and as the service concluded, Dan energetically polished off a Bach fugue at the organ like it was water off a duck's back. The answer to the question was obvious beyond words. But more than that, I found myself reflecting on what an honor it would be to serve in a parish where Dan Hogan was directing the music and choir. In the 10 years we served together at Church of Our Savior, I never once regretted or second-guessed that thought. Dan was a brilliant musician and teacher, a committed colleague, a fierce friend, a trusted confidant, and like many brilliant musicians and teachers, he was also complicated, sometimes overly self-critical, at times implacably stubborn, especially when it came to his self-care. I would ask him how he was doing, and he would have that question turned around so fast, it would be about me. He struggled with his own healing, even as he prayed earnestly for and shepherded the healing of countless others. He wrestled with his own suffering, even as he fully entered into and embraced the suffering and struggles of others. He wore his heart on his sleeve. He laughed a lot. And yes, he was easily moved to tears. He worked hard and played harder. Even when the limits of health and human strength knocked him flat, we sometimes laughed that he had nine lives. The way he would bounce back energetically from hospitalizations, just as Scott said. The way he would come back from life-threatening conditions even to the amazement of his own doctors. 
in our work and prayer together, we always had an inside joke that only people who hang about with clergy, church musicians, and seminarians would fully get. Dan loved Anglican liturgy as much as Reformed worship. He reveled in the deep traditions of the sacraments at the same time he celebrated the creativity of new forms of praising God. He loved the great service music of high Anglicanism while he sat at the organ bench in his Geneva gown. We would compare notes on high liturgical drag. He relished great preaching and was always quietly encouraging his colleagues to excel with what he called a word. He loved the pomp of Anglican hymnody, the piety of Wesleyan song, the finery of the Baroque tradition, the hot-blooded romanticism of the German composers, the popular choral music of the moderns, the soul-stirring spirituals he recounted from his childhood. And when we would pray together, there was always a, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. He would be whispering under his breath, So we would laugh that while you could take Dan out of the Baptist tradition, you could never take the Baptist out of him. But wrapping up Dan's complicated character and eclectic persona was his uncanny ability to transmit an abiding sense of God's grace. More than just a church musician or just a seminary professor, he was always framing his presence in terms of pastoral ministry and affirming that are the hearts and lives he touched here, now in this room, and the countless more he influenced over the years. He became, for me, even in his late years when his remarkable constitution began to at last surrender to mounting health problems, He became to me the epitome of that famous Henry Nouwen quote, ministers, ministers are powerless people who have nothing to boast of except their weaknesses. But when the Lord whom they serve fills them with his blessing, they will move mountains and change the hearts of people wherever they go. Dan was such a minister. For even in weakness, while in bed in the hospital, he was greeting friends and colleagues and students, asking after them and those they served, ministering to them. Even when his hands became too painful to play anymore, even when we sat together and he wondered aloud what purpose God had left for him, it was for him not a statement of despair, but that same searching faith like that of Thomas in the gospel we just heard, Lord, how can we know the way? Dan, like Thomas and the rest of us, would, from the very start of his career, ask for directions and get served not with a map or a GPS signal, despite his love for gadgets, but with a life. God incarnate, enfleshed, embodied, in relationship with us. Dan knew this in a way that was so infectious, it was almost impossible to be with him without being swept up in the way. The way of Jesus. It sounded through every note he played, every conversation, every beat he conducted. God is with us on the way, near at hand, the spirit at work, 
even down to a single breath, a single upbeat. Dan and I often talked of the journey, the way that brought us and so many others together into ministry, the call to serve, the incessant urge to disclose the grace we had experienced, the miracles, small and great, ever unfolding with us along the road with Christ. And Dan knew the truth. Even in the mysteries of navigating this life and the slow unfolding of who he was and why he was here, he would point continually to the truth that we are loved, cherished, boundlessly wound up in the heart of the one who made us. This is the truth that always gets buried first when we are in pursuit of our ambitions, the truth that so easily slips from our grasp as we retreat to the shells of self-absorption. But Dan had the remarkable gift to call us back to this truth. If no other way, it was the tireless love he showed us by opening up the door to his office, taking a moment for a kind word before a service or an anthem, brooding over the countless choir members, students, colleagues, and friends he cherished and mentored over the years. Their stories were as precious as the gospel itself to him. And Dan disclosed to us the life, the life of Christ, poured out for others, unmeasured and sometimes, no, often, dangerously vulnerable. Reliant ultimately not on strength or skill or knowledge, but on that spiritual inspiration that Dan always trusted would be there. Always. It was that inspiration that was palpable in every service where he played and conducted. That extra inspiration that would lift an anthem and a choir to new heights. That unexpected rally that would call him back from near death so many remarkable times. That life that even now, as we believe rejoices through him with the saints in light. It was this life he left with us and invited to carry on for others. And so we do, passing on Dan's ministry among us, the spirit that binds us together in the fullness of love and the conviction that nothing, not even death, not now or ever, will be able to separate us from the love of God that gives all life, that love that calls each of us into glory, where even now we are being reunited with Dan and all our beloved departed, and the glory of the one who made us, whoever saves us, and who never will leave us alone.
Give rest, O Christ, to your servant with your saints, where sorrow and pain are no more, neither sigh nor life everlasting. You only are immortal, the creator and maker of humankind, and we are mortal, formed of the earth, and to earth shall we return. For so did you ordain when you created me, saying, You are dust, and to dust you shall return. All of us go down to the dust, yet even at the grave we make our song, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Give the rest of Christ to your servants with your saints, for sorrow and pain are no more, neither sign but life everlasting. Into your hands, O merciful Savior, we commend your servant, Dan. Acknowledge, we humbly beseech you, as sheep of your own fold, a lamb of your own flock, a sinner of your own redeeming. Receive him into the arms of your mercy, into the blessed rest of everlasting peace, and into the glorious company of the saints in light. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God, and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you, remain with you this day and always. Amen.
Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.